Mental health challenges are often kept in the closet or even swept under the rug. We know they can affect anyone, from adults to children, and the struggle is real. Join us as we talk about relevant topics with mental health experts. Welcome to Equip Online, a place for hope and help. Well, welcome to Equip Online. I'm Wally, and this is my co-host, Brian. This week, we're going to be looking at how we as parents can help our teens learn how to negotiate for what they want in a healthy way. Our guest is Meredith Weiss. Brian, tell us a little bit about our guest today. Absolutely. So, uh, Meredith is on staff at Connections Child and Family Center. Uh, she's a licensed psychologist, and she earned her PhD in school psychology from LSU. Yes. I happen to remember that Wally is kind of fond of LSU as well. So nice to have an LSU Tiger join us today. Um, and uh, Meredith has a passion for uh, coming alongside families and specifically teens and really helping them work through and navigate um, a lot of the wide range of intense emotions that they find themselves in, sometimes get stuck in. And so uh, we're really, really excited to have you here, Meredith. Um, anything else you want to share about yourself before we get started? Oh, I'm not a very exciting person. The uh, last couple of months of this summer has mostly been revolving around me trying to get through the Texas heat. Yep. Uh, I'm a runner, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the people I run with go to your church here, but spent the summer uh, running and trying to stay motivated to do the next half marathon that we can actually do in person. That's so. a, hey, that is no small thing. So you do half marathons. And yeah, marathons. And marathons. Not that very is, often. Yeah. Sometimes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Well, uh, we're excited. I'm, I'm excited about our, our topic today. Um, so we're going to, uh, as a parent of, I've got two teens in my house and I've got a first grader. Um, but one of my favorite all-time parenting sayings is when you tell a child to do something and they ask you why. You say, because I said so. Isn't that a great, it's just like, that's like the ace in the deck, right? And it's tempting, you know, to, it makes parenting so much easier if you can just kind of use that card all the time. Because I said so, that's enough, right? I have the rules, I have the stuff because I said so. But the reality is, you know, as parents, um, hopefully our kids will, will grow up and they'll become independent adults one day. That's kind of part of the goal of parenting is that hopefully they do that. And so it is important to teach them certain skills. And so today we're going to look at this idea of how do we teach our children to negotiate for what they want. So it's a pretty interesting topic. I'm intrigued um, about how this, uh, you know, what, what's the strategy to do this? How do we teach our kids to do it? So excited about this topic. And uh, I'm going to let Wally kind of kick it off with our first question. Yeah, so so as, as Brian has set this up, what we're talking about today I guess uh, a lot of our listeners are probably thinking, I'm turning this episode off. Why would I want my teen to know how to no negotiate better with me? So really kind of a two-part question is, why would we want uh, to help our teens with those skills? And then how is that helpful for them, uh, both from a practical and a mental health standpoint? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think your reaction is probably a pretty common one. Why in the world would we want to do this? Um, and I think remembering that you as the parent, you still have the power over the rules. You still have the power over the consequences of the household. And your child has the power over the choices that they're going to make. Um, and, and parenting doesn't come with a rule book. You know, as a, as a young kid, 
you're charged with creating a lot of structure and a lot of routine for them to make sure that they're happy, healthy, and safe. And as they turn into teenagers, you know, there's not a clear timeline for when we change things like bedtime or when we change things like who we're going to allow our children to hang out, what what are we going to allow them to do. And so as parents, you know, you're really charged with growing with your child. Um, and the wonderful thing about teaching a skill like negotiation is it does a couple of things if you're doing it well and you're doing it right. Um, you know, first off, there's a lot of families who get into conflict around um, kids pushing back against some of the rules and values of the family. Uh, you know, at that age, obviously, they're trying to become their own person as well as be a person within their own family. They're starting to push back a little bit against the rules and routines. Um, and they might be starting to have values of their own that may not quite match up with the family. Um, but what we can do if they learn to negotiate well is it can be helpful in reducing some of that family conflict and stress. Maybe if you have a child who is a bit more meek, it also teaches them to be assertive and asking for what they want. They may not always get it all the time and that can hurt. Um, but it's a good way to teach kids how to ask appropriately for the things that they want make offers for the things that they want, um, be assertive, and then accept no if that's the final answer, too. So thinking about that, even from, sorry to interrupt, Brian, no, but no, from, no, no. you know, thinking later in life, why is that important to work with them as teens to develop those standards or practices, if you will, so that they can uh, navigate this world, if you will, in a more healthy way as they grow older and as they get into uh, adult um, the adult world, if you will, of jobs and uh, relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's, you know, when it comes to things like jobs and relationships, there's really no better place to teach your kids some of these adult skills than to start doing it within the safety of the household. Um, kind of, as you mentioned, when it comes to jobs, you want to be able to st stand up and negotiate for yourself, but you need to have a plan to do it to be more likely to get a yes out of them. Um, the same thing goes when you're setting boundaries within your own relationships. You want to make sure that when you ask for things that you want, you're doing it respectfully. You have a couple of offers to make. And when you have a couple of offers to make that are very clear and direct, you're going to be more likely to get a yes out of someone when it comes to what you want. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think about, you know, an example. Um, there's a, a work with a ministry that helps young adults who come out of foster care learn certain life skills. And I remember one of the young men we work with, um, we were able to teach him how to negotiate for a raise in his job. And when we were able to give him a good skill set, a productive way to do that, it worked great. He had the conversation in a healthy way, but he had to be taught how to do that. You know, and I think there's a good way to negotiate and there's probably not so good ways to negotiate. Um, and so I think you're right. This is a great training ground too for not only in your, you know, just in your household, but as you get out, you know, into the real world and, uh, and you have a job one day. So, uh, let, you know, just to also follow up, Meredith, um, what are the possible emotional health risks if you try to be too overly rigid as a parent and basically try to parent your teens just like, little kids, like where you, you totally eliminate, you take this totally off the table. You mentioned it a little bit, but what are some of the emotional risks that we run into when we do that? Sure. Um, it, 
it's going to be very natural for there to be some anger that shows up between you and your teens if you're having disagreements about things. As I said, sometimes the values change over time. And so when we start to push back against each other or kid feels like they're being lectured at or the parent feels like they're being disrespected, obviously there can be a lot of anger that comes with that. Um, of course, fear on the parent's part because they want their child to be healthy and safe. Um, and then again, even thinking about, right, this is a skill. We want to be able to teach our kids the things that they need to be independent when they leave the nest. Um, and the home is a great opportunity to do that. If we don't give them opportunities to practice these kind of skills, um, we might be hampering some of that development and helping them become more independent. Um, and we, you know, parents, and I'm sure you guys can speak to this, you want your kids to be able to go out and do things independently and feel comfortable allowing them to do those things. Um, but if we don't give them chances to show that they can be responsible um, and earn some credit for following through with, with the things that are agreed upon, um, it's hard to expand the range of what we're going to allow them to do if we don't give them opportunities to try yeah. and either succeed or fail. Now that makes a lot of sense. So one of the things that kids do from an early age and, and teens are really, really good at is playing mom against dad. I mean, I might have been guilty of this a few times in my own life where um, they can kind of triangulate, they can kind of, um, well, if uh, mom said no, well, I don't know if maybe dad doesn't know about this rule. So, let me see if I can get dad to cave in or to give. And so, Meredith, when you and I were talking last week uh, before this uh, episode, we were talking about as parents, we have to be aligned. We have to be on the same page about there are some non-negotiables in, in any household, no matter what age the child is. Talk to us just a little bit about why that's important and maybe coach us as parents on how to establish the non-negotiable. Sure. Um, and I love what you said about sort of being a united front as parents, whether that's whether your household is intact or whether you have a blended family or whether your child is going back and forth between different homes. Um, the great thing about determining your negotiables versus non-negotiables, whether that's for rules that are permanent in your house or figuring out whether or not you're allowing a child to do a one-time thing that they ask for, when you know what those non-negotiables are, you're going to be more consistent with following through with that and carrying out the consequences for that too. Um, and so one thing that I really encourage parents to do is to when you feel some of that difficulty trying to make those decisions, sit down and write it out. So one thing that I recommend, make sure there's nothing on the back of this paper, get a piece of paper, a marker board, whatever it might be, draw a little circle in the middle and then sit down and talk about what are our non-negotiables and put those things in the middle of the circle. And I find that non-negotiables tend to revolve around two areas, one being your child's health and safety. Um, so that might be things like um, my child is not allowed to drink or use substances or is not allowed to get into a vehicle with someone who's used them or is not allowed to talk on the Internet to someone that they don't know in person and their parent doesn't know in person. Um, those are some just some a couple of examples of things that parents might think of when it comes to health and safety. Um, and I'm sure you guys have some good examples of that, too. And another that I think of comes to revolving around family values. So your family might value academic success. So maybe a non-negotiable is in this house, 
we complete our homework before we go have leisure time or we go to a friend's house or um, a personal example. My my family really did value church time on Sunday mornings because it was family time. And that was one of the few times that was set aside for that. Um, so attendance for my family personally was non-negotiable unless you were sick, because that was a time for us to to be together as a family. And that was the expectation. Um, and there wasn't going to be wiggle room around that. And we knew that. Um, so those are some examples of um, focusing on what's important to your family and deciding where you're not going to have wiggle room around that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, lo- I love how you broke that down into the safety category. That's a really great thing to think through. And then even the values, you know, definitely resonate with that. I know for us, we're also a Christian family. And so, you know, for us in the value category, you know, some of our non-negotiables would be we're going to all be involved in our local church. So it means we're going to be actively going to church on Sundays. Um, you know, and I think about even that value, you know, it it means that we're going to have speech in our home that honors God. And so if we speak outside of that, that's, that's a non-negotiable for us. And then in the category of media for us, you know, we, a non-negotiable is, is clean media and not obscene or vulgar, whether that's music or things you're watching. So I think it's a really great thing to think about. Um, and that's, that way we can get aligned. Mm -hmm. It's definitely. And so once you've once you've created that sort of at least representation of what your non-negotiables are, then you can expand that circle out, draw a second circle and decide what are some things that are important to us and we want to have rules around and expectations around. But that can be negotiated on occasion. And I'm okay with having some wiggle room. So so some simple examples of these things would be um, if I think about younger kids, things like bedtime or um, curfew or what apps you're going to allow your child to have on your phone. Some of those may be non-negotiable. Some of them may, may be um, things like um, who, who you might allow your child to hang out with or what clothing they wear, things like that. Um, and those are the things where you have some expectations, but if everyone comes up with some alternative offers or things that might work for your family, might, you might be allowed to have some, uh, some changes to those rules every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. One other little quick follow up on that. Uh, just love your thoughts. You know, I feel like sometimes you get into just in life in general, if there's a lack of clarity, then you can have conflict sometimes. Is there, do you have any tips on, let's say a, a mom and dad did come together and they had a good discussion about, okay, these really are non-negotiables. These are areas that we're open to to dialogue about how do you what's the best way to communicate that kind of thing to your kids is do you do you like set up a a time to maybe draw out a chart like that do you i mean what have you seen other maybe families do to help be clear about what those things are sure um and i think i like that you brought that up because i think negotiation can be used in a couple of different instances including when you're setting up your household rules your permanent rules and i always think it's important to have your child be a part of that conversation whether they're six years old or whether they're 15 years old. Um, And so I really like to be visual. Um, I love to do behavior contracts. It sounds sounds kind of dull. It sounds sounds kind of black and white. But what I love to have families do is sit down together, talk through what those rules are, what those non-negotiables are, write them down, and then write down perhaps if there are privileges or rewards that are earned for following through with that. And also what the consequences are going to be if you don't follow through with that. 
And that really does two things. It's going to, A, hold the child accountable because we had a discussion about this. We came to an agreement about this and it's written down and this is what's going to happen. So instead of a child not following through with an expectation, um, you know, you might get caught in your emotion mind trying to figure out what to do. It's already written down. We already agreed on what the consequence is. And two, then the child is also able to hold the parent accountable, right? So we agreed I was going to earn this if I followed through. You kind of have they to usually now. remember that. Yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah they're going to remember <laughs> uh-huh. no matter what. So if you've right. got something written down to help you recall that, that's great. And that's always something that can be changed over time. But I think having your child be a part of the conversation um, gives them a little bit more buy-in to those consequences and being willing to accept them. And it takes some of the emotion out of the situation when you do have to use those consequences if they don't follow through. You know, so as I think about this conversation, it, it recalls me back to um, – I heard a pastor say one time that we want to raise our children with roots that go deep, but also with wings to spread and fly when it's time for them to do that. And so at some point, we've got to, as adults, begin to um, clip the roots, if you will, a little bit from being attached to us where they're dependent upon us for the rest of their lives and create scenarios where they can navigate again. Uh, the world in a healthy manner. So what could you lay out for us some basic principles uh, and strategies of how to teach our team in this area of negotiation? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, we've already covered one of the parent responsibilities around figuring out your negotiables and your non-negotiables. When it comes to child responsibilities, there are a couple of things that you want to start teaching your child. Um, The first one is figuring out when it's appropriate to ask for a chance to negotiate. So it's probably not going to work very well if you're in the middle of work and your kid comes up and says, well, I want to do this tonight. You're probably going to get a no pretty quickly. Or um, if you interrupt while they're having a conversation with someone, that's probably not the right time to try to make your case for something that you want to do, especially if they're going to be if your parents going to be wary about it. So the first step is really teaching your child to come to you and say, hey, I want to talk about X, Y, Z. When would be a good time for us to do that? Um, that's going to be provide a time for you to sit down and be mindful and focused on what the conversation is. That way, they're going to be more likely to get a yes out of it. Um, and then it's the parent's responsibility to respect that time that they put aside for that conversation and to be approachable and open at that time. And teaching your kids to do that is something you can start doing right away, whether or not they're going to negotiate for something or not. If it's something that they, you know, a toy that they want to get. Um, probably not great to come up to you and ask when you're in the middle of something, but even teaching them something as simple as saying, hey, I want to talk to you about this. When would be a time we can do that is a great place to start. The child's next responsibility is to really come to the table with some alternative options or some offers for for negotiation. So let's say um, maybe you have a teenager, you know, they're able to drive themselves and their usual curfew is 10 p.m., And what they're wanting is to get an extra hour. Maybe somebody's having, you know, a birthday party or some sort of event and they want to get that extra hour. Um, They should come to the table with at least one, if not a couple of offers for how they're going to be able to do that. So um, usually offers are things like doing some extra work to earn that privilege or um, doing their responsibilities a little bit earlier to earn that privilege. So maybe they say, you know, I'll do um, these two extra specific chores. Um, then will you allow me to go have that extra hour? That's okay. What I really, really like is when they can come up with an offer that's very natural. So 
let's say they come to you and they say, if you allow me to have curfew for an extra hour tonight, I will be home an extra hour earlier tomorrow. That's a very natural rebound. Um, So I really love that example. Or another example is maybe the parents set that curfew because that's the time that they go to bed. Um, And they know if you come home after that, they're probably going to be pretty irritated because they've been sitting there worrying about where you've been. So maybe another offer could be, um, if you allow me to stay out till 11, I will come gently shake you awake when I get home and let you know that I'm home and I'm safe. Maybe not everybody likes that, but those are some examples of ways that they can make offers to that are related to what they want to get out of it. Um, and the parent's responsibility is also to be willing to come up with some counter offers too. So not every child is going to be able to come up with multiple ideas or multiple examples. And so you and your child can work together and come up with a list of potential offers and decide on one together. What seems to be the best solution to get what you want? And I can get a little bit of what I want. So there's mutual benefit for both of us. Um, and then the last thing is, if if you guys come up with a couple of offers and you just can't, you just can't pick one that you both agree on, then the answer is no. And the parents rule follows through and they have to learn to accept that. Um, so the more offers they come to the table with and the more questions they can answer for the parent up front, the more likely it is that they're going to get a yes out of it. Um, and we also have to keep in mind how we're communicating with each other during that time. Um, so we want to be very brief because, you know, when a parent starts lecturing, the child's mind is already going to how they're going to argue back with you. Or if they're trying to tell you what they want to do and you're losing track of it, same thing. You're kind of you're kind of coming up with a counter argue. So you want to be really brief in your communications with each other and direct. So I, I always coach parents and children to use problem statements, things like I want X, Y, Z. Or I'm willing for one option to be X, Y, Z. It's very brief, very direct, and very clear about what it is that you're asking for. Um, And that's going to make it less likely for you to get into arguments or for the other person to stop actively listening to what it is that you're saying. So keeping those communications in mind, too. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So as a parent, do you feel like... Let's say a parent's open to, um, you know, they've set aside that time. You know, the child's done their part about, you know, hey, could we talk about this? Okay, great. We agreed on a time. What it, you know, if it's the scenario where they come back and they just flat out say no again, um, have you found that, is that something that stifles the child from ever wanting to negotiate again? You know, there's, do you, as a parent, do you always have to kind of find the compromise? You, you gave as an option at times. Mm-hmm you know, sometimes you just may have to still say no. Have you found that there's still some healthiness in that because you at least had the conversation? Or I guess maybe speak to the times you have to say no still as a parent. Sure. Um, Especially if we don't do the work up front to prepare them for the possibility of getting a no. If we start getting into situations where it's a no every time, right, they're not going to try to negotiate anymore. And they may do something that we don't want them to do. So I think going back to Again, sitting down on the front end, knowing your negotiables and non-negotiables and always being clear in your communication about that with the child is going to prevent them from repeatedly coming to you, trying to make their case when it's something that you're never going to budge on. Um, So being preventative on the front end with that. Um, And the same thing with even when they're younger, you can start setting up ways to practice this with things that you know you're willing to. Maybe it's something that you were already going to cave on anyway, like bedtime. Um, You can set up ways to do practice with them, um, give them some examples of ways to make counteroffers with you, and then go ahead and give them the yes on it. 
maybe they do or don't know that you are already okay with it, but you're setting them up for success that way and giving them some practice so they can get success with it. Because you're right, if it's always no, 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 the skill is probably going to fall apart and they're probably going to give up pretty quickly. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. And I love what that reminder again about making sure they're clear on what those non-negotiables, because maybe they keep asking about something that's already a non-negotiable and that's the issue with it. Right. It's not really a negotiable right. type thing. And if you're always consistent with that, yeah. they know. They'll get the message over They'll time. They'll get yeah, the I'm message. not caving on that one. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Well, I'd love to, you know, so parenting today in some ways um, has been very, very heavily complicated by this thing called media, technology. I know it's just a... As a parent, we're constantly feeling stressed about how to manage all this stuff. And so I was wondering, Meredith, could we, could we, uh, could you take us through kind of like a real life scenario? Maybe if your teen comes with uh, a question about an app or some type of, you know, maybe something that's, it's in that gray area, you know, as a parent, and I know it's hard as a parent, sometimes we're like, I just want to burn the phone. I want to smash it. And I just want to just, do away with it because it's just, it's causing stress and I can't keep up with everything. But obviously that's not realistic. But let's say that a child were to bring a, a, in the negotiable realm, a discussion about an app or something like that. Can you maybe walk us through this strategy and kind of how that might play out? Sure. Okay. And I'm about to plug a website too. If you guys don't, okay. if you guys don't follow Common Sense Media, I definitely recommend it um, just because they have reviews on apps, games, TV shows, movies. Um, so just if parents are ever trying to do their research on some of these things, Common Sense Media is a great website to go to do that. Um, but yes, I think apps is a big, big, big one that comes up and it's coming up earlier and earlier because kids want to be on the apps that their friends are on. They feel like if they're not, maybe they're missing out on things. They're missing out on um, communications. Kids are getting together without them. And I know that's that's been even more important right now with social distancing in place. Um, so again, the very first step is teaching your child to come to you to say, hey, I want to talk about being able to download or get XYZ. When is a time that we can do that? Again, especially this might be a tough conversation for the parents. You want to make sure that you have a time set aside to be mindful with your child and be fully focused on what the problem is or what it is that they're looking for. So again, finding a time to talk about that when nobody is distracted and can stay focused. Um, and then parents and children coming in with some offers or some alternatives for how they might be able to get access to that. So my guess is the parents may not be super comfortable just saying, oh, yeah, you can down that one. You can download that one. That's fine. If they've already been a little bit wary about it. Um, so maybe your child comes with the offer of, um, you know, if you let me download this app, um, I'll do a you know, family media contract or something like that. Um, I highly doubt they're going to come to you with that, but that's an option that's on the table. <laughs> but having them come up with something, you know, I, I agree to do X, Y, Z um, if you let me download it. Um, again, start making counteroffers with them. Things like one that probably comes up pretty often is um, I'm, w I'm willing for one option to be you can download this app if I have the password and I can do a random check every once in a while. Or um, I'm willing for you to have one option be you can download this app if we sit down and go through all the privacy settings together and set it up um, and I'm going to monitor it, things along those lines. So going back and forth with your child, coming up with some different offers or opportunities where they're getting a little bit of what they want, 
by being able to download the app that they want. But you're getting a little bit of what you want, which is probably some safety and security around, I know my child's going to be safe. I have a way to monitor this. And I know that they've been taught some of the rules around some digital citizenship, things like that. Um, And the good thing I think about your child coming to you and saying, hey, when can we talk about this? It gives you some time to do your research too, right? And you can come up with some offers to make for them too. Um, So I think that's a great reason to hold off on the conversation for a little while if you feel like you need to prepare yourself and come up with some ways that you'd be willing um, be willing to compromise. Mm-hmm. I love that. Now, do you recommend, let's say you, you have the discussion, you come, you agree to uh, kind of your, uh, your terms in the negotiation. Do you uh, suggest writing that down uh, once just to make sure it's clear about, okay, so what we're agreeing to, because it seems like if you just leave it at just the conversation level, you might, well, I thought you said this. Well, I thought you said this. Is it, is it good to kind of almost write it down, put it in writing about these type of things? I'm very visual and very tactile about <laughs> these kind of things. It may not always be necessary for, you know, one-time changes and things, especially if it's going to be a rule, like an app that they're going to mm-hmm. download and keep. I always recommend having it written down. This is what's going to be the consequence if, this, if you don't follow through with this. Or um, again, if they're following through with it, that's just giving them more opportunities to show you that they're earning some credit. Um, So if it's going to be a rule that stands in your home, I always recommend having it written down and you guys are going through it together. When it's some things like maybe bedtimes changing for one night or curfews changing for one night, you may not necessarily need to or you can send them a a quick text that says, you know, hey, this is what we agreed to just so you remember, Um, things like that. But it always helps to have something to look at to say, this is it. So yeah, it clarifies it a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I know <laughs> it's probably there's parents out there that are listening going, um, maybe y'all are being a real, a little bit unrealistic in the conversation sure. that I tell my child no. And when it comes to things like social media, they're still going to do that anyway. That's really a conversation for a different broadcast, if you will, mm-hmm. because what we're really talking about now, we're not implying that you know, that you don't ever check up on your child or anything, or you just assume that they're always going to follow the guidelines. I don't think we're saying that, but what we are talking about is, so how would you constructively negotiate what's allowed and what's not from, I've got these values that we're not going to go outside of to, okay, the things outside of now that we can negotiate on, negotiate on, how does that look? What does that look like? Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, uh, you know, as we're, you know, kind of wrapping up now, kind of near the end here, but it's, but a takeaway for me that I love is, again, so good for a mom and a dad to have that discussion. What are our non-negotiables? What a great thing to kind of crystallize and clarify as a family. Um, and, that, and then to say, you know what, there are some areas as our kids get older, you know, I think there are certain, it might be an app, there's certain things out there that are more neutral they have the potential for good or evil. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes as parents, you know, even if something's neutral, just because it has potential for evil, we just take all of that away. But I think, you know, as we think about preparing kids for adulthood, they're going to be going off to college. They're going to be around a lot of stuff. And how do we prepare them well for all the different challenges that are going to come their way? You know, and I personally believe that some of those gray areas are, okay, 
how are you going to use this responsibly if and why do you want to use it and how can we come together to ensure there's still safety there there's still accountability but you're showing that you can be responsible with it yep. you know and, that, and i think the confidence that builds like i love what you said earlier too about kids maybe that struggle with anxiety you know it helps that child gain more confidence gain more responsibility. And so that's a, that's a big takeaway from, for me that I, I love yeah. this discussion today. Yeah. Just, just thinking back to it, you know, it, it makes sense for parents to say no to things when it's something that's important to them and yeah. they want to keep their child safe or when it's things that a child's asking for that you, you just can't provide for them. But even thinking back to, you know, whenever our children are younger, sometimes we, we say no to things just because it's the easiest thing to say in the moment. Because doing these negotiations, it takes some work, especially yeah. on the front end. And no is sometimes just the easiest answer to get so we can get out of it and be done. But if we put in some of that energy and effort on the front end to try to teach them how to do this process respectfully, um, it's going to get easier over time. You become less of the bad guy on mm -hmm. things that are, like you said, neutral areas. And it gives kids those opportunities to gain some credibility with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, any takeaways? Well, I think about what you were saying earlier about when I just uh, tell my child because I said so. So I think really, as I think through this conversation that we're having today, the thing that would benefit would come from these family talks and discussions is, is not just that, okay, we don't do this or this is outside of our sphere of what is uh, negotiable is that it gives you the capability to talk about values, your own values. And so maybe your kids choose not to follow that later in life, but they always have that foundation, that mooring to say, okay, the Smith family, this is who we are. This is what we do. So it gives them a better understanding, but also lays that foundation for them later in life. I love that aspect yeah. of it. Well, Mary, this has been such a fascinating uh, conversation. And um, is there any last word of encouragement or anything you want to leave people with as we wrap up today? Or Sure. I know this sounds daunting. Um, and I know we've been talking a lot about using this with teenagers. But like I said, you can really start practicing some of these things when your kids are younger, even when it comes to something as simple as they want to ask you for something and having them come to you directly and say, I want this. When can we talk? Start these things early. Um, and that's going to make it even easier on the back end as you try to really teach this complex skill. Um, you know, no family wants to be full of stress because they can't come to agreements on things. Um, and at the same time, like you said, Wally, you want it to be really clear what your family cares about. Um, and knowing what your negotiables and non-negotiables are really helps to co communicate that to the, the child and helps you be very consistent with it, too. Um, so I think it's a great conversation to have. Awesome. Awesome. Well. Thanks again. And Meredith, uh, if, if some of our listeners wanted to uh, learn more about this topic or connect with you, what would be the best way to do that? Sure. Um, our website is connectionsfamilycenter.com. Um, if you have any questions or are looking for direction on something, we do offer free 15-minute phone consultations if something's going on and you want an idea of where to go from here. Um, and this isn't specific to negotiations, but going back to, um, I know social media is a huge one. If you're not following Common Sense Media online, um, I would definitely recommend getting on there if you ever have questions about social media. Um, they also have a great uh, Tech Talk Tuesday newsletter that gets emailed out every Tuesday with discussion topics and articles um, specific to that realm. Um, so that can also be um, a great resource, too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we want to thank you for joining us. And um, 
Equip Online is a partnership between Stonebridge Church and Mosaics of Mercy. Mosaics of Mercy is an awesome nonprofit here in the Montgomery County area, and their heart is to be a a digital resource hub for mental health. Uh, Really, really great place to find all kinds of resources. We also encourage you that we have a, a website for Equip Online. We'd love for you to check that out for additional resources that relate to these different episodes. And again, we thank you. And uh, our, our hope is that you would walk in the fullness of life that you've been created for. God bless. Hey, thanks so much for watching. We're really passionate about shedding light on mental health. If you found this discussion helpful or beneficial, be sure to like and share the video. If you want to see more, be sure to subscribe and don't forget to ding that notification bell so you know when we release a new episode. We'll see you next time.